Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. My recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Welcome to this special edition of the Stargate Archives. This episode was originally released in July 2010 and was recorded for us by Chuck, Audra and Juan of the Galactic Watercooler podcast, which while now a glorious thing of the past, was for a while the premier Battlestar Galactica podcast, making allowances for Ron Moore's own of course. The podcast evolved over time and split off along many branches, often giving birth to new shows hosted by fans and contributors to GWC. I'm proud to say that many of the GWC regulars pop up often on my social media, and Alan himself, when he visited the States, attended one of the annual GWC meetups. Yes, the podcast was that big and drew people in from all over the world. So sit back and have a listen to Chuck, Order and One as they share their interest and passion for Stargate. And by doing so... Gave us a week off as well. Wow, this this feels really odd. Why? I, odd? I, <laughs> well, Odder I'm, than usual? I don't think we've done a podcast for anybody else before. This is like the first one. It's good. It's yeah, very good. It's fun. I am really thrilled uh, that the guys at Gatecast were willing to give us a chance to like talk Stargate to like hardcore Stargate. I people. know. I am giddy. Actually, I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, me too. Because I love Stargate, and I hope that that will be enough but, to get me in the door. But, but I, I know that I'm going to mess something really up and they're going to say, "No, that's not true." It's really important that everybody listening know that we are not Stargate experts. Okay. The guys at Gatecast, they are Stargate X. We are big fans. Yeah, we're just dopes who yeah. like Stargate. Who like Stargate, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Though we have seen all of it. True. Almost all of it. Well, you guys have. <laughs> ah, I, by the way, I'm Chuck, and, and this is Audra. What's going on? And uh, joining us, just to be kind of extra meta here, since you came to listen to Gatecast, and now you're getting Chuck and Audra from GWC, we invited uh, a friend of ours who is also involved in GWC, Juan, to sit in with us. Hey, Juan. Hey. Hey, it's uh, good to be asked to be on here. It's cool. <laughs> and uh, Juan actually does a lot of the technical stuff for GWC and a uh, critical part of the GWC team. As Absolutely. Sean likes yeah, to say. Being on this side of the mic is a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> nah. As Sean likes to say, he makes us go. He <laughs> <laughs> Juan to make us go. <laughs> So this is a very multinational, very much like the uh, the Stargate team. It's a it's a it's a multinational group here. Is Plus, it... with Stargate, you have to have a Canadian involved. Yeah, eh? you yeah, know, so... I think like everybody on Stargate pretty much is Canadian. I mean, there are co- I mean Hammond from Texas is not know, Canadian. Is not Canadian. Um, but I think everyone, pretty much everyone else is. All the actors, all the like secondary actors right. are pretty much. You know what's funny is I think that there is a deliberate move for them to try to cover up the way they say out. I hear it all the time. I hear them changing it. Like Daniel Jackson, he'll say, you know, but what about this? And then in the next scene, he'll oh, say. Oh, get over there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's not that obvious. It's just real fast. But they all kind of, you can hear it. Well, there. one consider <laughs> one like our Rodney McKay, and I don't think that's really a spoiler. We're like big things are. Spoilers, one is smarter so. than even Rodney McKay. That's true. That's true. I think. No, no, no. It's true. He does kind of have the <laughs> attitude, though, which is good. Like Rodney, which which is awesome. So, well, we uh, since we don't have an official topic here, uh, the the Gatecast guys suggested that we uh, do our best not to spoil anything ahead of the rewatch. Got it. So I thought we might start out um, with a little bit about how we came to Stargate, which I, I find kind of funny. We, uh, I when I saw Stargate, essentially I saw it come on around BSG. You know, back when we were talking about BSG on GWC, we saw yeah, same here. Yeah, it would come on before and after, which is kind of funny. Some of them were in syndication by then, right? Well, actually, yeah, well, yeah, but but they also they were showing like late seasons, you know, right, right. And I remember it came on, and I, I hated it. 
And I'll admit, I'll fully admit, I was stupid. Uh, I didn't like it, and I, I, I thought, what is this? Oh, come on, you know? I didn't understand that it was campy. Yeah. You know, because coming from the gritty darkness yeah, of BSG, yeah. I was so, like, serious and caught up in that. When I looked at Stargate kind of here and there on the Sci-Fi Channel, I just thought, this is so goofy. This is just and cheese I hadn't, ball, you know? I hadn't embraced the How camp. stupid I was. Yeah, no kidding, because... Uh, a little while later, I thought, you know, because some of our friends, uh, and Juan knows these guys, uh, Steve and, and uh, well, you know, the Harrises, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're good guys. Steve, Indeed. also known as Not Steve. Not Steve, yeah, which is the greatest <laughs> name. He also has, I can't say it on the air, but he has the greatest email address in history. So, uh, as none of you can know it. That's right. Ask him, his, <laughs> if you meet him, ask him his Gmail address. But, um, they loved it, and I thought, well, they're, they they have pretty good taste, you know. I must like this, and I just don't know it. And then, So I go out and I buy season one, and Audra and I sit down, and we watch the first episode. And we're like, <laughs> what the hell? Encounter of Farpoint was better than this. <laughs> Pain again. <laughs> I mean, it was very showtime. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, a little bit too much boobs for my taste. but A little bit too much full frontal for... Was it full frontal? It was, Oh, yeah. on her, right? Mm-hmm. On Daniel's yeah. wife? What yeah, are you talking about? Daniel about Jackson's that. boobs? What are we What are we talking about here? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, certainly they wouldn't do... Uh, <laughs> yeah, full frontal, Daniel Jackson. Yeah. Everyone's like getting their DVDs out. What? Maybe <laughs> wait, it, hasn't, wait. it wasn't the extras. <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> well, you know, my mom came to visit... Encounter at Abydos. <laughs> my mom came to visit last summer, and, you know, she lives out of town, and I, you know, only see her about once a year. And uh, she she's like this latecomer to all this sci-fi stuff. So she's oh, just getting into uh, Stargate and Galactica and all this stuff. And it's it's really funny because she'll call me up and leave these messages like, you know, middle of the day or whatever. I'm working and I'll, I'll get this message later. And it's like, Audra, I just called to tell you that Cylon woman is evil. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she came to visit and uh, she wanted now, to watch Stargate from the beginning. She's an RDA fan, right? RDA? Yeah, MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson. Oh yeah! Oh my God! No, we, she and I together when I was little. Like we used to watch MacGyver together. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Almost as much as Patty and Selma on The Simpsons, <laughs> but um, without all the smoking. But yeah, I mean, she came to visit and uh, sort of go full circle, and then he's a Simpsons fan, right? Yeah, that's funny. Well, she wanted to watch Stargate, and uh, she asked me some questions like, well, how did this happen, and who are these people? And I was like, well, have you seen the beginning? And she said no. So she had seen, like, random episodes from the first couple seasons. So you show her the first episode. No, well, I was like, well, you know, I'm not a big fan of the pilot. She's like, no, 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 I want to see it from the beginning. So I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I left the room, you know, and I could hear, like, the the noise coming from the room and everything. I was like, oh, my Uh God. I just didn't ask her about it. Didn't say anything. Yeah, so it was it was a bit of a turn off, and, and yet again we we stop, you know. And uh, then later on, for whatever reason, Audra and I often watch a lot of stuff together. So, you know, we were watching all the stuff we were watching together, and I needed something that I could watch that wasn't together. So I started. Ran- this is back when like season two and three, one, two, and three were available on Hulu. Now they're all available, I believe if they haven't left already. But um, I started watching random episodes of season two and, and three, and they were good. I don't know why. Maybe it was me that I just got unstupid or something. But I, I really liked them, and then I ended up backing up and watching the rest of season one, and then by then you got involved, and 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 Audra got addicted as well. And Sean has always been addicted, and, of course, uh, Sean's wife, Shannon, uh, oh man, she's she knows everything about Stargate, and she yeah. is the biggest Amanda Tapping yes. fan in history. Yeah, so she can, and I, she's kind of. You know, I'm right behind her. I would say, I'm a big Amanda Tapping. Fan. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Well, what about you, Juan? How did you uh, first come to it? Were you one of the original well, watchers? No, no, actually, I wasn't. I uh, I had always seen it on TV, and. You know, I caught a few minutes of it here and there, but uh, never really ever got into it. And uh, it wasn't until I was actually down visiting you guys and uh, you sat me down and said, you must watch this. (laughs) (laughs) And we watched, uh, I don't know, a season five or six episode. And uh, did those those scars ever go away from the restraints on your wrist? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They healed up quite nicely, actually. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, but um, you know, after watching kind of, I guess one one of the choice episodes that you guys uh, made me watch it, I saw the appeal of this show and then started from uh, season one of SG One. Uh, actually, went and caught the movie first and then started through SG One. I'm about. Uh, I think I'm into season nine of it now. I haven't checked out any Atlantis, but uh, I've definitely become become a huge fan of this series. Yeah, I would venture to say that I'm a bigger Stargate fan than I am Trek fan, and I'm a big Trek fan. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I, it's become, just recently, start to become yeah. kind of my comfort place where I turn just for, you know. Yeah, I used to always put on TNG to, like, you know, when I when I when when I felt like the world was a crappy place and I just wanted to feel better, you know, and and recently I've started putting on Stargate SG one. Yeah. You know, Atlantis is great. I, I I poked at Atlantis when we did a little arc on GWC and watched it and watched some of it. And I thought, uh, and I'm getting to be yeah, a fan and, of it, too. You know, you know? How, we are stupid every yes, single time. We we're like, uh, uh. SG-1 won't be as good as Battlestar. And then we watch it. And we're like, I love SG-1. And then we watch Atlantis. Uh, it won't be as good as SG-1. And then I love I Atlantis. And, yeah. yeah, over and over. I just need a, you know, a machine that Sit smacks me in the shut head. Up and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's worth learning, though, because, you know, we do that every single time. And then and then it's it's great, you know. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a really big uh, Stargate fan now, and so that hence when we got the request to do this podcast, we thought, you know, yeah, this would be a lot of fun. And then we thought, what should we talk about? And then, uh, more importantly, what should we talk about in seasons one and two? Now, admittedly, seasons one and two probably not my favorite seasons. They're they're actually they're good. good. Two yeah, is but actually it, good. It does get even better. Um, it does. It continues to just get better and better. Um, but. Juan actually came up with the, the greatest idea here, which is one of our favorite of the races. The Asgard. Oh. The Asgard. Oh, I love Thor. the Asgard. Buddy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way that the Asgard, you know, the first time I saw these guys, I wasn't aware of the story. And I'm like, aren't those like, that's why I thought it was cliche. I'm like, they look just like the little, you know, Martians fact, at Area 51. Like the Roswell alien? Yeah. And it fact, turns actually out, they actually comment on it the episode. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so funny. So, I mean, just another element of the camp. Oh, that, totally. That they just make a joke out of it that people really did see these guys and they really do look like that. But I also love the way that they make use of a lot of... Um, you know, real life mythology, like the Norse mythology. And yeah, in fact, uh, we, we, we picked, uh, actually one picked because one is the man, uh, one picked three episodes, uh, the, the, we believe the gatecast listeners will already have seen. Oh, great. That, yeah. Actually uh, there, there are three Asgard episodes in the first two seasons. Nice. Um, the first one actually occurs, uh, season one, episode 10 is Thor's hammer. Apropos of exactly what you're saying. And that's uh, that's actually where Daniel Jackson uh, does explain uh, what you were talking about, Audra, is that uh, there were two sets of gods on ancient ancient Earth. There was the Guauld, and then there was the uh, the Asgard, which were depicted as the Norse gods. Uh-huh. And uh, and the Guauld were like the Egyptian right. gods. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and then there's actually two and the, and other the Bengals. Ep- the Bengals. They. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually uh, two other episodes in uh, season two, uh, Thor's Chariot, and then um, the fifth race, which actually oh, that's uh, an ends awesome episode. with that great reveal of uh, uh, O'Neill going in and uh, meeting that room full of Asgard. Oh, and where he kind of like gets down on one knee and shakes his hand and everything. <laughs> oh, I, love that. So I, cool. I gotta say that moment is really kind of what really sold me on this series. Really? But it, it it was one of those moments where you kind of get that spine tingling feeling, like yeah. this is cool. If this was real, <laughs> if like this is kind of a really important event that uh, O'Neill's uh, coming through the Stargate and meeting these group of people really for the first time properly, and, and of- he has that great uh, moment where he says, "You know, we're out there now." Yeah, and that was like oh i love this series yeah. <laughs> i think that's one of the reasons that that stargate's so much fun for me is because you know with trek and with uh, uh though not enterprise of course but with 
with so many of the sci-fi series, it's sort of like humanity is on top. You know, humanity is like this in this wonderful, clean future world with all the technology and all the all the greatness, and it's all about these moral issues that we run across yeah. with all the poor savages. Yeah, there's sort of this assumption that humanity is advanced both morally and technologically, which is cool. And that I we mean, would go out and, and travel the the universe and kind of you know bring our knowledge bring our and greatness. morality to other people. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of a you know a bit of an arrogant well, attitude. You know, when you, you think say, about but, it, though, you want to look to a happy future, which is kind sure. of you know. So it's not it's not a bad thing. But I think it's really fresh to 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 be have humanity kind of be on the bottom end of everything where we're it's set in present day and we're not these wonderful great people we're these you know unique people but we don't have the technology and we don't really know what's going on yet and we're doing our best and the fact that we have this gate and we have some technology that we've uh, uh, we've managed to to gather from friends and and you know we have samantha carter which you know is a national resource (laughs) intergalactic galactic treasure exactly you know i was going to point out also just to add to what you were saying it was almost like you're reading my mind um i think one of the things like juan was saying that gives you that spine tingling thing is it's elevated by the fact that it feels so real like it could be real because exactly yeah, and instead of like a far off federation, which I mean, and I love Trek, and and you do a good job of kind of suspending your disbelief, sure. but but with Stargate, it's like, you know, these are military folks who are kind of like people that you know or that you could know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the fact that it takes place in the present and that you always see that grounded image at least once in every episode of the outside of the Cheyenne Mountain yeah. Mountain Complex, yeah, yeah. yeah. That and, same shot, <laughs> a million times. There's like twelve of them, and they just rotate them. It's great, <laughs> day and night, yeah. But I mean, it just it feels like they're always trying to keep it grounded in some level to remind you that this is here and now, and. You know, so even with all these fantastic things going on, it feels even more exciting. Like, I, I could be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that's kind of funny is is the characters that, uh, at the beginning, I, I very much liked certain characters and didn't like other characters and so on. And by the end, you really come to like everyone. And, and by everyone, I mean everyone. You know, you like Siler. You know, Siler's awesome. He is awesome. I told Walter. Yeah, Walter. You know, I mean, we're talking everyone here. So yeah, it's true. But yeah, I Thor's hammer was one of the early episodes that really caught my eye. You know, I'm with you, Juan. That 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 the uh, uh, the fifth race was really a standout, even more so. But Thor's hammer was so much fun because there's something about the Asgard that just they don't feel, even though they are the more technologically advanced race, it's not going to give us everything. And, uh, you know, and they do sometimes cause problems and their moral issues in sharing technology with mankind cause some issues for us. The truth is you always feel like their heart's in the right place, which is rare in those kind of situations in sci-fi. You know, they seem like, well, at least Thor seems like a good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You don't. I, no, I, no, I <laughs> wah, know what you wah, mean. Wah. I, I thought you were directing that to Juan. <laughs> I was waiting for Juan to uh, jump. The, the group as a whole. <laughs> Chat amongst yourselves. I'm not used to this. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Juan. <laughs> no, I, I definitely get what you mean. Like, I've never thought of um, the Asgard as, oh, when are they going to turn or where's their malicious intent or anything yeah. like that. It's like they've always felt like we're doing our best as well. And we've been doing this for, you know, thousands of years and they're just they're looking out for humanity, but they're also trying to keep away and let humanity, you know, that's what they said is that you are on the way to becoming the fifth race. Right. Is that they're they're You're not there yet, but we're going to give you the chance to try to get there. And uh, it's all it's kind of like a supportive parent that wants to let their kid make the mistakes because they'll learn from it and uh, and in in that way grow yeah yeah totally totally yeah you know what you thinking uh, i lost my train of thought um <laughs> go ahead never mind <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's cool i am i i'm i think with thor's hammer it was fun the way it starts out with this whole 
uh, you know, this whole Norse god thing. And and they just assume that that you know it's 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 fake. This is the know? one right where they go into the chamber. And there's the hologram. Yeah, they have the quest, you know. Right, right. And and uh, they they take what's her name? One. I, I'm so horrible with names. You, um, if you don't remember, I don't feel don't I'm, feel bad. I'm worse with names. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even remember my own name. Is it half the, the time. woman that's actually in Thor's chariot later? Right. Oh, okay. And yes. and uh, they go to uh, you know they 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 go through the challenges and so on and. And of course, uh, penitent man, the penitent man, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because it is very much that sort of thing. And, yeah, yeah. And I, so, who would you rather have with you? Would you rather have Daniel Jackson or or Indy Indy with you, Indiana Jones? Oh man, Daniel Jackson. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Indiana Jones is great, but Daniel can read all those ancient languages and. Plus, there's something really special about Daniel, and I feel like I appreciate him more and more <laughs> as I watch the show, because I, I didn't as much at first. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, he's kind yeah. of, I know what you you're know, saying. he's kind of snarky. He's not really that helpful. But now I, I'm starting to really see he's got this ability to connect with people and to respect their customs because he really is, uh, you know, a student of not just humanity, but of culture. Yeah. And I think that that really comes across when he talks to people who are different from him. They're used to having these tensions, you know, whether they're cultural or, or racial, literally, right? Yeah, yeah literally. And, yeah. and Daniel, he he's so he has so much like respect for those differences, and even uh, a kind of you know admiration in a lot of ways. You could tell, oh, definitely. That, yeah, I mean, and, and you even actually see it in these episodes, like um, when he when they're first introduced to these. Uh, people he he's he's the one actually saying like you know like hail instead of hello and <laughs> and you know translating earth to midgard and all that stuff he, he's actually he's like okay we're in this world i want to take some respect to the way that these people are talking and the, the way that their culture is uh, has developed and yeah it's really cool that he's he's just he's essentially always translating for everyone but to I, try I, to kind of bridge the gap between all these uh these people yeah and i love to see daniel's attitude um, like sort of the show kind of respects his attitude. You know what I mean? Like the, the makers of the show, you know, uh, how do I say it? Like they, they portray his actions in a way that kind of is a positive one. So oh, that the yeah, viewers totally. see that as a good thing. Because in, in real life, you know, people so, are so often just humiliated to try to speak another language in yeah. front of someone else, yeah. even their friends, you know, they're, oh, I'll mess it up. Or, and, and Daniel's so just, you know, himself. You know, I, I, I always wonder if part of that um, would come from his background, you know, that he was, and, and this isn't a spoiler, even if they don't go into it in detail, because it was in the original movie, right? Yeah. He was he was kind of a, uh, you know, he had written these books on Egyptology that, that suspected yeah. that the... He was the, kind of marginalized in his own yeah, field. Yeah, that the pyramids were landing pads for spaceships, which of course they are in yeah. Stargate, you know, and <laughs> that's awesome. And... and uh, Maybe the fact that he had been marginalized for so long is one of the things, and then was proven right. You think if there was anything that would give you the confidence to deal with with issues like that, that yeah. would be it, you know? Yeah. But I guess what I was thinking overall is that all of those things that make him special, that's why I would want him with me beyond his just abilities to translate and things like that and figure out puzzles. Because... When things get really bad, yeah. Daniel has this way of just connecting with people, negotiating a solution, and finding the solution that involves the least violence or the least crap coming down on everybody, you know? <laughs> he just always seems to do that, despite yet, all odds. And yet still be willing to accept when when things get bad and something, you have to make a decision that's not the one you wanted to make, but is going to get the job done. Yeah. And help a lot of people, you know? Yeah, he's not impractical. He disagrees sometimes with right. the the other's plans. And he's not he's not technically military, right? He's a civilian that's employed right. by the Air Force. Totally. So yep. I mean he thinks differently and so on, but and, you know, and he's not like I was gonna say, he's not impractical. He doesn't always have these romantic ideas about how things should be, but you know, he's a nice uh it's a nice check and balance system. Yeah, and speaking of, I mean, you you've got to love uh, you've got to love O'Neill, you know, especially even early O'Neill. I think is one of the characters that from the beginning 
kind of had his character down. His character changes the least throughout the show and, and yet is still viable at the end, you know? And uh, Daniel Jackson, of course, has a huge character arc. And, and uh, um, you notice my spoiler-free discussion here. I'm doing Treading good. right on the edge of that, man. <laughs> I'm doing good. And, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he does. everybody he, has a huge character yeah, arc. Yeah, but except... Yeah, except Jack, really. Jack O'Neill is Jack O'Neill, man. Beginning to end, um, his attitude and his direction and the kind of the way he goes is not that incredibly diff- different. You know, isn't uh, Richard Dean Anderson? I mean, he was kind of quintessential the to cornerstone, the cornerstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and it's not that the other characters aren't important. They are. They are. In fact, that was I, that was the wrong world word. I know what <laughs> quintessential, you're saying. but uh, you know, necessary. Like he was the. Uh, I mean, he, wasn't he also like one of the producers of the show and he was kind of, he had a lot of um, yep. voice in shaping. Yeah. That's he, what I had Do you heard. know about that one? Uh, not much. I uh, just remembering credits flashes. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've, I've heard the same. And, and uh, you know, I think the thing about O'Neill that makes him so endearing is that O'Neill seems more likely than anyone else to say what the hell you're thinking. You know, when you're like, why the hell they, don't they just do this? And O'Neill's like, why the hell don't we just do this? You know, <laughs> more than anybody else. I mean, <laughs> other, in other any series who other I mean, in sci fi bones from Star Trek original series. Yeah, did about that a tenth sometimes. as much as yeah, O'Neill. Though. Yeah. And, and some characters here and there, but no character has ever managed to do that. And so, <laughs> so well, <laughs> often and effectively and uh uh, and, and you know, have the have the whole thought process that you do, and get frustrated when you do. And something about having you know an avatar in the program, somebody you know, somebody that's that's voicing your thoughts, just makes you feel at home. You know. Yeah, you know, I was uh, Chuck and I were talking recently about what makes O'Neill so cool, and there's a lot to it, I think. Because again, you know, the first time I saw Stargate, I looked at him and I heard him make some jokes or whatever and I was like, this is cheesy. But <laughs> but coming back to it, I think if I could pin it down if I had to, I would say is, is that O'Neill is utterly unpretentious. Yes. He's just completely yes. himself yeah. all the time. He never tries to impress anyone Ever, ever, I mean, yeah. Even people that, even people that we know, he thinks very well of and does care what they think. He never tries to be anything but exactly who he is. And uh, you know, I, there were times when I first started watching the show that I thought, how could a guy like him make it up through the ranks? It seems like he would just say what was on his mind and get himself in trouble too often to make it that high in the military well, but I, you know i always like to assume that it happened prior to stargate in other words he had a long career you know back bef- mm-hmm. i'm talking back in the snake pliskin days right <laughs> what <laughs> from the movie you know you know who played him in the movie right no oh, well. Wah, wah, well, wah. help me out sean would totally get this if he were here yeah you know come on escape from new york i never saw is that the one with kurt russell yes you saw there that? you go. Yes. <laughs> in the theater? Of course I, No. <laughs> yes. Yes? <laughs> yeah. I did. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, maybe the nose. It's not my nose. It's a false nose. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. See, that's yeah. awesome. You get that, but you don't get my oh, snake yes, Plissken reference. But, but you could yeah. bring Monty Python references to but, no no he he kind <laughs> of essentially not even on the same level <laughs> he kind of not even the, the same, same sport, sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he he had he had this whole career in the military where he did do the do everything correctly you know and then he he got he had a bad experience had a bad experience and then he retired you know and yeah. and they brought him right, back out of retirement right. so you think that's kind of because they just needed became... him and i think at that point he sort of felt like he'd already had his life you know that's true and he was at that just point, like, he just doesn't give a crap well yeah he does he just doesn't give a crap about impressing anyone well yeah yeah, 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 yeah right right i mean he cares about the world ish yeah but not about impressing the generals no <laughs> though uh though hammond and I, I think it's worth mentioning that hammond is probably one of my all-time favorite commanding officers in all of sci-fi i look to hammond as a model for leadership 
you know, in my life, when I'm in situations where I have to, you know, take that role for different reasons and I, I teach, you know, so sometimes I have to do that. And I look to Hammond as a model for how to balance, you know, doing your job, your authority, you know, doing that right. And also respecting people, treating them well. Hammond always listens to yes. people, always, oh, yeah. no matter who it is. He always will, you know, sincerely hear them out. And even when he has some kind of firm order or even if he has something to say that they're not going to like. Yeah. You know, he does it in a way that's decent. There's so much to be said for that. I mean, if there were a guy I would want to work for, it would be Hammond of Texas. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's why I think O'Neill, you know, O'Neill is is one of those classic, classic characters. They're, they're all so strong. I guess that's that's the thing. I mean, Carter is is definitely. I mean, looking looking back at, at how uh, at how Thor's hammer works, you know, you have Daniel Jackson, you have you have uh, Carter trying. To, they're trying to solve this problem, you know, and there there's a lot with with that kind of team behind it. You imagine they're going to figure it out, yeah, eventually. <laughs> you know, I, going back to the Asgard, one thing I was thinking of that is uh, also different about the Asgard compared to other sci-fi alien groups is. Like, so often you'll, in other shows or movies, human beings will come across these alien races who are so different, which is true. You, you imagine that they must be. But even if they're way, way smarter, for some reason, humor is almost always out of the question. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, there's just no humor at all. And if there is, it's always um, confined to the humans. Like, for example, um, Star Trek Voyager. Right. Right. You have a guy like Tom Paris who makes these little rye cracks and that's the only humor in the show. Like, you know, there's <laughs> a fellow. Exactly. Exactly. He says you know? that about 12 times throughout the series. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they talk to someone on the, you know, the view screen or whatever. And the guy's like, rah, 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 rah. And then he's like, charming fellow. And, and that's <laughs> it. Just a little sarcasm. And. SG1 embraces the humor and guys like <laughs> and, and guys like Thor are smart enough, and I'd like to think that... Uh, I, I heard a friend of ours say the other day that she thought that one of the signs of intelligence was uh, humor, being able to make jokes, you know? And uh, I'd like to think that the Asgard are advanced enough to appreciate humor. So when O'Neill makes jokes, you notice that Thor <laughs> gets them and yeah. goes along with them. And even though he doesn't make jokes the same way, he's not the same type of person... It totally works because Thor was like the perfect straight man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Asgard as straight man. Yeah. There you go. I had not thought of that. It works though, right? We had not thought of that, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think you also got to throw Teal'c in there for some of the, the oh. one-liners he does. Oh, yeah. He's a straight I mean, man galore. Even in uh, Thor's chariot, the... Uh, no, Daniel Jackson, things will not calm down. In fact, they will calm up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knows the English language. He's just messing with people at this point. Totally. I love, you know, when you're talking about Teal knowing the language and everything, I love how this series deals with the fact that basically everybody's human. You know, <laughs> yeah. And that everybody speaks English, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. And they have this mythology or whatever about how well i guess it's not a mythology it's true right about yeah. how um what's well, a creation story an yeah. origin tale um shh. don't say that <laughs> why i can't say but just don't okay i said origin not orgy <laughs> anyway oh <my> God. <laughs> but, but they they have this thing that that makes sense why there are humans in other places you know and i like that yeah, well, you know, instead they, of like trying to put everyone in a furry suit and <laughs> Gorn and the furlings. <laughs> well, well, you know, you did have the fur... Unas in the uh, in Thor's hammer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's was true. Was that one with James Earl Jones? Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yes, it was. Oh my god! James Earl Jones is there. Daniel Jackson. I am your father. Now I will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's Father's Day. Couldn't we just one time not talk about when I cut your hand off? And no, I, I James Earl Jones. 
has like a that was awesome yeah i don't know how many people know that fool you cannot kill me and then o'neill just unloads an entire clip into his chest and does (laughs) you know are you armed no good (laughs) (laughs) i've got you know what i wonder if they told the guy in the suit that that he was actually going to be voicing the character (laughs) james earl jones apparently always is like the last minute voice yeah he just swoops in and takes over the voice credit for all these poor people who never was actually david prouse in the (laughs) 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 he was like (laughs) he's like foiled again you cannot kill me Oh, we'll fix it in post. Get James Old Jones. He like squeezes his fist. Jones! You don't do that sort of thing. You've screwed me again, Jones! <laughs> we are the United States government. I can't do it. I want to Winnebago. Now I'm just imagining <laughs> running around trying to like speak in normal life. And then James Earl Jones like running up behind him and saying things for him. <laughs> That's what I want. If <laughs> I... You didn't get to speak again. Bye! <laughs> that actually um, would be awesome. Could you imagine if your whole life was voiced by James Earl Jones? Like like a narrator? Yeah, no, I mean, like, every time you spoke, oh, it instead came out of as... it being you, it was James Earl Jones. Well, yeah. You know? That'd that, be awesome. It'd be kind of funny. Well, for you, it would be a little different, but, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Luke, would you like a cupcake? <laughs> I've never seen this side of you. <laughs> Getting the Venture Brothers in there. I can't do it. I can either do the growl or the like New Jersey accent. I can't do them both together. <laughs> so then, then Thor's Chariot, we come back to the whole situation, right? And and Juan, I know you've seen this more recently than I have, but it's sort of like, uh, essentially... Break it down for us, Juan, yeah, like break a it fraction. Down. Well, break it know, down like in, a <laughs> In Thor's hammer, basically Teal and O'Neill being trapped in Thor's hammer, and uh, basically Daniel Jackson fires the, uh, the staff weapon to break the hammer, and <laughs> Thor's chariot is, the hammer is kind of a follow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thor's chariot follows up on that as, oh, crap, I guess the Gua'uld came back, huh? And they're uh, basically enslaved those people and, you know, building a whole bunch of new motherships. Yay! Sure would be nice if we had a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever wonder, like... You can divide the Stargate universe into people who say Gua'uld with, like, three syllables and those who say it with one syllable. That's true. <laughs> like it's Hammond. either Gua'uld or Gould. <laughs> yeah, Hammond Gould. and O'Neill are like, Gould. <laughs> I love how Hammond says it. Gould. Gould. <laughs> of Texas. We need to get Gould. those Goulds. <laughs> As and in I, Elliot. <laughs> they told me you would screw me <laughs> but um i think every time when jack says gould i always get the sense that he does it kind of on purpose just because he doesn't want to respect them enough to say it properly yeah that's so true that's so true <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah in 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 chariot uh, back come the uh uh the gould <laughs> Gould. You have to more O's. Gould. Gould. Like goo. Old. Gould. Yeah. Gould. <laughs> that's a two syllable. So we have the one, the two, and the three. We no, I was just Gould. stressing. That's how the that's Gould. how the vowels have to sound. It's like goo, but then add Gould. the. You can have a five syllable one. Gua <laughs> Some people do. Some of the like guest stars or whatever. Gua O Old. How many apostrophes are in that? Four. <laughs> it's an Oxford comma. <laughs> I'm not paid enough to say this right. <laughs> it's... it's like in those yes. Star Trek The Next Generation episodes where Picard is like the only one who has this anomalous like pronunciation of someone's name. Do you ever notice that? What as in as in uh, as in as in uh, uh, Lieutenant Broccoli? No, no, like uh, Tasha Yar, for example. He always called her Tasha. He like also her... called them the Bajor or something like that. Yeah, I know. Like he always just. 
It was probably he was trying to pretend he was French. I think that's Bonjour. I think that's it. <laughs> oh my god. Oui, la piscine. Bonjour. <laughs> oh man. Derailed. <laughs> wah wah wah. Right well, off the tracks, right into the crapper. No. <laughs> Aren't you glad we're guesting this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, stop. Unsubscribe. What is this? A lot of the Gatecast listeners are from the UK, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I think so. So they'd probably appreciate that joke. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope we're not like, we are kind of representing the Americas are over we? here. The Americas, I like how you got that in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Americas. Well, that's an embarrassment then, huh? <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we're really Australian. <laughs> <laughs> We just have really bad accents. That's, that's, we is the cat. Right. <laughs> we is the cat. Yeah. So you were breaking down uh, when we when we totally derailed. You were you were breaking down Thor's yeah, chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the Guauld have essentially enslaved these people, and uh, they uh, the SGC gets an incoming wormhole that has the uh, the minerals contained in that welcome package that. Uh, that uh, Jackson had left the first time for the uh, for the Asgard. They sent it as a little bit of a help message, and uh, <laughs> they send a map through, and they see a woman who I can't remember her name, kind of on the <laughs> ground with all the corpses of her countrymen, kind of screaming for help. So they come through, and oh wait, is it? Uh... It's not Kira, right? Oh, this is horrible. Let's move on. Because okay. right now, all <laughs> the listeners are... We'll refer to her as Nerese. All the, all, the, all the gay cast listeners are screaming at their iPods right now. Oh, I know. It's so bad. It's not. It's but not. we just watched this. <laughs> like we said, not experts. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah, so they're trying to come up with some kind of a plan to either get a hold of the Asgard or find some Asgard weapons. So uh, Jackson and uh, unnamed woman and Carter go off to solve all the uh, the puzzles of uh, Thor's hall. Oh yeah, which that is, was awesome. Yeah, so you, you get that um, that one trial, which is the seemingly narrow bridge that they have to cross, and <laughs> then it turns out to actually just be you know a, like an illusion. <laughs> you throw the rocks on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a cool motif. I've seen that before. Like, not just sci-fi, but, like, adventure and fantasy. There's always, like, a, a huge chasm and, like, a very yeah, Indiana Jones, perilous... Leap of Faith. Yeah. 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 So, uh... Kierkegaard, right? The, what's... Uh, wasn't he... The philosopher, Kierkegaard, talked about making a leap of faith. See, what's what's awesome, though, <laughs> you is... You just blow right by that. Well, I don't know. Uh, I didn't get it either. <laughs> We're all like blank staring. I can. There's a blank stare from Canada backing me up on this. Yeah, hold on. I'll turn on my camera here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, the funny thing about it is that if I remember correctly, the test isn't about walking across the thing. The test is about bravery. So when they walk across, that's not the thing. It's when when uh, they go back to help oh, each yeah, other. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, then... and it doesn't work out, and they fall yeah, off it. What... Yeah, one of them falls down, and the other one goes to help, and. In fall. the process, both fall, but right. uh, they win. Thor goes, you know, you demonstrated the willingness to sacrifice yourself. This is a good trait. And on to the next challenge. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if, like, <laughs> if, like, the, per the first person who fell was, like, heavy enough to trigger that? <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> Clearly, your race is not slim enough to pass uh, <laughs> these trials. Oh, oh, that's awful. It's funny, though. <laughs> and, well, and I, I, just, I couldn't help but wonder, you know, how does it register that? It's it the freaking Asgard, okay? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> They're just watching on a camera Actually, live. Actually, that's exactly what it is. They got like a wee balance board in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> Sorry, you're too heavy to play this game. Oh! is terrible it's so mean those wii fitness games you stand on it and it's like 
you know, registering your weight. And it's like, what is your height? Then it's like, oh, and it gives you like a sad <laughs> face. Oh, <laughs> like in Guitar Hero when you screw up a song. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're like, I don't need this abuse. <laughs> yeah. So you go play my 360. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go blow some crap up in yeah, Halo. ESG doesn't care if I'm fat. <laughs> so then the next test, isn't that the one with uh, uh, the uh, the numbers? Or is that the one with the... Is yeah, it... yeah it's, it's, there's um, symbols on one wall, shapes on another, and I guess numbers on another. And they sit around for like half an hour trying to figure out what this all means. And then... Thor comes out in his hologram form and goes, oh, I'm sorry, Aww. you're out of time. Daniel Jackson proceeds to figure it out in two minutes or two seconds. He comes out with a trombone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he plays it with like the, he does. He actually the plunger comes out and on he's his like, I'm sorry, you're too dumb to move on. There's no shame in being oh. too dumb to oh. move on. It's true. It's pretty much he what really he says. Does. And Daniel Jackson's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, two seconds. And he goes, okay, these symbols mean this. And these are numbers, so therefore it's pi. How do you represent pi? Okay, on the circle. Okay, let's draw a line because it's sand. Like you could, oh, you could have done that thirty minutes ago. So Daniel, no, it took it took Thor coming out and saying, "I'm sorry, you're stupid." And then Daniel Jackson's like, "Screw you, Thor. I'm not stupid." See, that's the power of procrastination, you know. <laughs> like when it really matters, you can pull it out. Oh my god! <laughs> the power of. Procrastination. <laughs> wow. Well, there's a life lesson for you. <laughs> so they get through, and then and then you find out that it, there's no weapon, right? And of course, poor O'Neill yep. is back there trying to hold down the fort, you know, in the in yeah, the, like claymores. <laughs> and uh, and and he finally gets they they get to the end, and they discover that the uh, uh, that that the the weapon is not a weapon, but instead is is you get to meet the Asgard. It's like you know what right. it's like one of those you 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 get the golden ticket you get to meet Willy Wonka you know you get the backstage pass right? yeah, you get the backstage pass to meet to meet, awesome. uh, to meet you know Thor himself and buddy the next episode Thor's yeah. chocolate <laughs> <laughs> Thor and the chocolate factory sans weapons yeah you, you, you I get think a kid who falls in the river and gets sucked up <laughs> too. <laughs> You wouldn't. You'd be, uh, what's her name? Veruca? Veruca Salt. Veruca. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What do you get when your kid is a brat? <laughs> I love that. As a child, that scared me. As an adult, I think, damn right. It's still kind yeah. of scary. The Little original annoying one. pain in the ass. You... I remember Wilder I used to call my sister dude. that. Veruca? Yeah. Hey, Laura, stop being a such a Veruca. <laughs> Shut up. That's awesome. You know, when you're a brother, no matter what you call your sister, if you have the right tone of voice, you can get under her skin. Oh, yeah. Because my brother <laughs> used to say stupid stuff, and it wasn't even that witty, but I would hate it. I was like, Rah! Oh, no, none of my stuff was witty. No, it's just repetitive and relentless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Personally, I think the Veruca thing was pretty witty. Well, yeah, yeah. I just meant my brother wasn't witty. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm down with the, I think Juan was witty sometimes. It was witty the first time. <laughs> okay, good point. There, yeah, there were many, 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 she's many, turns, many other times. She's the one that turns purple, right? Yeah. And, uh... no, Ver I thought. Veruca's the one that goes down the, oh. the egg trail. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, you're right. thinking of Violet Beauregard, who oh, turns, up the bubble gum. turns into a blueberry, yeah. Oh, the yeah. blueberry, that's right. <laughs> So yeah, and and then, so how do we get on Oompa Loompa? We're oh, talking about Stargate, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, we have this problem actually a lot in GWC. Uh, so let's talk about the fifth race. Juan, you want to break that one down for us? Fifth race, uh, they go to this uh, alien planet, which is essentially looks like it's just a big square room with nothing in it. <laughs> Doesn't look like Vancouver at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Looks like maybe the inside of a warehouse in Vancouver, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you can smell and that they, Vancouver air in it. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of sea air and smog. <laughs> but, you know, they uh, suddenly this, you know, thing goes and grabs O'Neill by the head. And it knocks his hat off. Oh, no, that's not oh cool. yeah, and also puts the ancient knowledge into his head. 
The head sucker proxy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That thing looking like a sphincter is just like all kinds of wrong. <laughs> sphincter with hands on it. That's really wrong. <laughs> that's wrong on many levels. <laughs> hands. It is. It is hands that come out and kind of I grab know. his head. Yeah. It really is. It's horrible. So he goes catatonic and they take him home and he seems fine for about five minutes. And then starts speaking ancient and building stuff. You know what is And he amazing? doesn't know why. Okay, wait. I, oh, okay, Test go question. Ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna go one, two, three, and then everybody say the one word that first comes to mind of of ancient. Okay. I'm trying to remember what it is. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me when you got the word in your head. Uh. No. You got yours, Juan? No. Oh, no. okay. I remember. I remember. Okay. Everybody, yes. every, here we go. We're gonna go one, two, three, and then say your word. Okay. One, two, three, Fron. <laughs> See, and that's why you guys are bigger fans than me. <laughs> I remembered it as soon as I heard it. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Fron is head. For some reason, that sounds German to me, you know, like Fraulein. You know, like, this is Fraulein Susan. I'm God, this is Fron. And I'm Fron one. <laughs> Fron Drescher. and give him Fran (laughs) I mean help sorry mixing my metaphors (laughs) one passed out (laughs) give him Fran (laughs) come on you're like the one word you remember it is it's one word you remember too well you know what's funny is uh they they insist that the the language of the ancients is not latin you're like, sure sounds but it like sounds it. like latin like almost everything he says like i'm like i think i understood that <laughs> and i mean i don't i don't speak latin but i mean you you know like enough you know yeah, some of right. the prefixes Roots. and stuff and you could kind of figure it out yeah it's kind of funny it reminds me of um like, uh, well, you know, like J.K. Rowling and her characters in Harry Potter, a lot of them have these kind of cool, uh, like, plays on Latin words, like Remus Lupin and Lupin yeah, yeah, being sure, the sure. wolf and all that stuff. Sure. So, uh, anyway, no, it's totally. kind of cool. It, it's like familiar and otherworldly at the same time. So then, yeah, O'Ne- I thought they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. O'Neill takes them to, uh, well, he he does the whole gate thing, right? Is that am I thinking the right one? <laughs> yeah, he, he starts building some device, which actually turns out to be a uh, an extra generated or power of the Stargate to dial an eight uh, Chevron address, which uh, had not been galaxy. done before. Exactly. Yeah, they 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 explained it as the first six. Uh, once again, are six points in space that give you your destination. Right, right. And, your point of origin. Right. Yeah, the last one is your point of origin, and that extra chevron was like a distance calculation. So, I can't remember what galaxy they said they sent him to, but it was way out of the way. So, I know this is a dumb question, but how did all the other ones work with only seven? Then, if there was no distance calculation, does that like does it have a default that if you don't put no. in the eighth? It- yeah. It- well, because this this what happens is that the six points in space. If you draw a line between the six points, you will event you will actually they'll all converge in one area, in it's one like, space. I always assumed, Audra, that it's sort of like uh, like local phone calls back in the day. Like if you didn't put an area code in, it assumed <laughs> it was your local area code. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, when I remember those. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was the same same thing. Actually, you know? I think there are still places, a lot of places around yeah. that do that. I don't know. Maybe it's that way. Some places in the UK right now, because I don't know. All the listeners, again, are hollering at their iPods right now. You idiot! You American <laughs> idiots! In the U.S. now, you must dial area Just shut up and for... let the smart Canadian talk. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. That's sort of how it is on uh, on Atlantis, though, with, with McKay later. But it's like, shut up and let McKay solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, but yeah. So they 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 he, they dial the address and uh, he goes through and uh, he gets to meet like the crapload of Asgard, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like a, about a dozen of them in this uh, hall, 
and it's almost kind of like he walked in the back door by accident. And they're all <laughs> kind of turned around. It's like, uh, uh, did we lock that? <laughs> they're all like, hey, ah, uh, we're naked. You're not hey, supposed to be here. <laughs> who's the meat bag? Yeah. I don't know. There was some pretty lingering shot on the junk there. <laughs> It is sort of like. I know, Audrey, you like to analyze those shots. Hey, now. <laughs> not of aliens. Oh, okay. Well, you make that distinction. That's, that's not true. You you talked for a lot on GWC about Nog's junk. Nog is an alien. All right. That's true. But but I didn't like it. <laughs> Point taken. I was, uh, you know, it was by popular request. So So you have no opinion on Thor's junk? No, Thor doesn't have any junk. He's like well, a, a, like a Ken doll, you know? Oh, he's all smooth down there. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Thor. Don't talk about Thor that way. Talk about one of the other Asgard that way. <laughs> I, I I love how throughout the series you have um you have a mix of, of animatronic and and CG yeah. Asgard. Yeah. I don't think this is really a spoiler. Would you say one uh, is the spoiler police designated spoiler police for this? Is well, that... you, you do see both CG and uh, animatronic uh, Asgard in this uh, episode. Oh, oh, awesome. Okay. You know, I have to admit. <laughs> you haven't screwed us yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. They told me you would screw me. Um... <laughs> don't talk about the ghouled that way. The ghouled. The ghouled. Um now you made me forget what I was going to say. Sorry. My bad. It was probably really Oh, I know what it was. To... I was going to say that I like the animatronic um, Asgard a lot better because maybe it's because I was a kid, like yeah. a little kid in the 80s, and I prefer that. You know, like I prefer my Yoda as a, a model, you know, like moving Muppet kind of model. I don't know, though. Yeah. It kind of feels more real. Yeah. yeah. It looks less real, but it feels more real. I Sorry, get, George Lucas, but uh, yeah, that's the way it is. You know, the funny thing is, though, ever since he did that thing on the MTV Movie Awards, I'm like fine with it. Okay, that was awesome, but you see that one? What Thor? No, no. the digital Yoda. Uh, yeah, Yoda like made an appearance on the MTV Movie 2002, Awards. 2002, maybe. Yeah, 2003, something like that. And and uh, you know how they had the music because everybody was going so long, they had the music to play people off. <laughs> and he starts. Did they play Yoda off? They did. Well, they tried. They tried to. And and the music comes on to play him off, and he like waves his hand, and the music stops. <laughs> and he this continues. is not the exit I'm looking for. <laughs> it was awesome. It was. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps talking. It was great. But so. yeah, I, I something about the uh the animatronic one. I, I like it and, and Thor kinda looks shinier in as the animatronic. He kinda looks like his head is moist. I just want to pet him. <laughs> <laughs> his frown is huh. moist. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, now for nice sale. Get your own pet Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get my own pet Thor, but they're like thirty bucks for the action figures. Yeah, it's online. true. She was she wanted to buy an action figure and it didn't work out. It's like you can get the uh the action figures of the regular SG one cast for like, you know, less than half of yeah. what Thor costs. I don't know why. Because Thor's badass. Well yeah. The same but... reason why you have to pay more to get Darmok from uh from oh, next year. Darmok rocks. But I mean he's Ooh, all I think one I color. Have a Darmok, don't I? I used to have a Darmok. I don't know. We have to look in our yeah. collection of unusual yeah. action figures. I think I have a Darmok. We might have a Darmok. I know we have a Jem'Hadar, and we have a Tosk. That's pretty cool. You have a Morn, which beats all. Yeah, we have Morn. I do. I do have awesome. a Morn. That is. Pretty I have cool. a Morn as well, somewhere in a bag, somewhere. <laughs> I always thought Morn should come with a beer. <laughs> we also have a Beverly Picard. Yeah. Oh, like the future. Yeah. 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 Nice. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and I have, uh, I have Jordy. When he becomes that lizard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> we'll have to show you when you come. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose we should, I think they run about an hour, so we should okay, probably yeah. wrap up in here sometime. But I, 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 I am envious of all of the uh, Gatecast listeners that are, are following along with this, this rewatch because I – almost wish I could wipe my memory and watch them for the first time again 
Because there's something really cool about the first time you watch a series that's this good, you know? Maybe the frog sucker can help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could fill my head with, you know, Latin instead. (laughs) No, but seriously, I mean, I I, I envy everybody. I I wish I could do that because it's fun to go back and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. But you, you just, it's not as magic as that first time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm actually not to the point of rewatch yet because I'm still uh, I'm still working through the series. So. Nice. Audra and I are like splitting our time about equally between watching rewatching SG One. Yeah, and and watching Atlantis. We're watching Atlantis together, and then whenever we, you know, you you don't want to focus quite as much. You know, you you don't want to worry about yep. missing something. We we watch SG One. Just random episodes over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. And it's our first time through Atlantis, so that's like our quote-unquote new material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd say for any of the, uh, the the cast listeners listening to this is keep going through the series. Uh, oh, just yeah. It just gets better and better and better the further you go into the series. It just definitely. sails right out the end, just as good as it ever is. I mean, it's amazing. A lot of shows, you know, have kind of up and down arcs and... Here and there and stuff, and, pff, and it I, just it just starts good and ends awesome. I know, uh, and 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 I don't think this is. Uh, uh, we'll get a ruling here, but I don't think this is too big a spoiler. But I think everybody knows that there are cast changes toward the end, um, big ones, because you can't avoid that if you're if you're watching. And without saying any more than that, did I pass one? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. On the edge, um, I just want to say that. If anybody gives you any crap when you're watching to say, oh, the cast is going to change and it sucks, slap them. Because no matter what the changes are that occur during this uh, during this long series, I mean, this is a very long series. You get, you, get, you know, 10 seasons of it. Um, it never gets any worse or better. It's just... It's always the it's same always SG-1. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's always good. It's it's different, but it's always good, and that's really rare. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it is not better or worse. It gets different, and, that, and that's more of a compliment to the series than anything because a lot of the time you'll get series that stagnate because they try to stay with the same premise for season after season after season, and, and Stargate has a weight of um, morphing. Yeah. From season to season. And it, it always feels fresh. It's kind of like the show Chuck, who um, Steve yeah, and, and Zhang actually yeah. also introduced yeah, us to. It, it, it's a revolution every couple of seasons. Yeah. And, and as it changes, the heart of the show remains the same. And I you know, would say that about SG-1. Totally. Well, I think it's probably time for us to wrap up. Uh, Audrey, you got anything to add at the end? Thank you to Gatecast for letting us uh, sort of guest spot for you it's really an honor and uh i look forward to listening to a lot of your podcasts now that i'm a kind of a fledgling fledgling stargate fan myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) one you got anything to add at the end i just want to echo that thanks or definitely uh thanks for uh having me on and uh i know i'm not as uh decent as at this as uh sean but uh thanks Uh for having me on anyway (laughs) oh of course you are um, hey, I, I stuttered through my thanks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sean's never done that. Not once. <laughs> Me neither. Yes, but he's more comedic about it. <laughs> yeah, he's just drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just <Sure>. kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is sober. That's, that's Sean's the... listening going, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Um, I would just like to, again, echo the thanks and uh, and say I think it's just super awesome that uh, – that these guys are 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 podcasting about about uh, Stargate and and willing to do an SG one watch all the way through, uh, you know they're they're forty some odd podcasts in and and I got to tell you a whole lot of people pod fade long before that. Point. That's right. That is a kind of commitment that we can respect. Yes, I mean you just you have to be down with that, you know, and and I hope everybody realizes how much work it is to uh, to do that and to. To stay focused throughout your life as as life changes happen and and uh, it, it's just so easy to let it get backburnered to the point where it doesn't happen, you know. And uh, these guys are clearly uh, on it, and it's nice to give them a week off, uh, a little bit of time. But they're coming back, so uh, the next podcast you hear from them will be your good old uh, Gatecast. So if you're thinking, 
who the hell are these people <laughs> and what the hell did they do with my gay cast and why do they have crappy accents except it one. Should have, it shouldn't have been thanks. It should have been apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, your next podcast will be. We hope people are still around to hear you next week. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't screwed it up. Uh, assuming they released this podcast. So, no, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll see you again at some point. Now tell me you didn't enjoy that. Come on, I dare you. Many thanks to Chuck, Audra and One. And not forgetting Sean, the other regular host on the Galactic Watercolor. Sean and his wife Shannon currently do the Sci-Fi Boneyard podcast, if you want to check that out. Sci-FiBoneyard.com And this has been a Stargate Archives re-release of a Gatecast podcast. Thank you for listening. Stargate Forever. Stargate Forever.